Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Veona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 164. The following is the recitation of Psalm 149, aka Perek or Mizmor Kuf Mem Tet. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. A quick addition, as Tehillim comes to a close, I wanted to invite listeners to share any thoughts about what you have gleaned thus far, but also please email me at nursenisa, the number one, at gmail.com, so that's N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com, or join the Shomeyeva Ona Facebook group if you would like to hear any announcements of if or when in the distant future I decide to do a live Zoom. Thank you. Psalm 149. Hallelujah. Shiru Ladonai. Shir Chadash. Tehilato Bikal Chasidim. Yismach Yisrael Beosav. B'nai Zion Yagilu Bemalkam. Yahalalu Shemo Vemachol. Betof Vechinor Yizamru Lo Ki Rotza Adonai Beamo Yifa'er Anavim Bishua Yalzu Chasidim Bechavod Yiranenu Al Mishkevotam Romemot El Bigronam Becherev Pifiot Biadam Laasot Nekama Bagoyim Tochechot Balumim Lesor Malchehem Bezikim Venich Bedehem Bechav Lei Varzel Laasot Bahem Mishpat Katuv Hadar Hu Lechol Chasidav Hallelujah. Psalm 149 is the penultimate Mizmor. Woohoo! Almost completed. So crazy. This is the fourth in the Hallelujah series following the Ashray prayer. This is one of those episodes where I am going to pack a lot of info, so bear, bear with me. The phrase in verse 1, Shiru la Hashem, Shir Hadash, sing for Hashem a new song, has different potential connotations in terms of timeline. Some opinions suggest the connotation is looking back in the past, and Dot Mikra suggests it's perhaps even a victory song. Other opinions say the phrase gives a forward perspective, that this will be a new song that will be sung in the future. 
The Alshech says that it will be a new song when evil that inhibited us from seeing Hashem no longer exists, so we will be able to praise with full awareness. Rabbi Przanski points out that we need to write a new song or else we will forget Hashem since there is malaise in our generation. Because we're so creative and our lives are filled with new conquests constantly, there's a potential to start to think, it all comes from us and we can become haughty and forget Hashem. Rabbi Daniel Friedman gave a shear during the throes of COVID and said sometimes that you have to learn how to sing a song that you were never planning on singing. And one, one that is new to you, how many of us did so during the pandemic with Zoom and outdoor minyanim and social distancing and masking, etc. So lots of ways to think of the meaning of this masculine version of this phrase as opposed to the feminine shira chadesha version we have seen before. Maybe we can gain more clarity delving further. Just to note, some commentaries compare this psalm with Psalm 2. I won't get into that, but there is that what to glean there. The theme here is still one of praising Hashem, but the focus is on the chastidim, which usually means pious or faithful or righteous ones, but I want to develop this further. The Ramam defines chassid as someone who goes beyond that which is demanded or expected in a, any given situation. The word chassidim shows up three times in this psalm. It's possible that it's referring to David HaMelech himself as a chassid, or the Datmikra points out that Hashem is being praised by these chassidim, but also describes them as the ones that will be carrying out the rebuke against the other nations, serving as righteous soldiers who both learn Torah and serve to defend the nation, double-edged sword, maybe, what I equate to our present-day blessing of having our Israeli army, a.k.a. Tzahal. The mention of the double-edged sword in Pasuk 6 is reminiscent of when the book of Shoftim, Gidon, gets an army together to fight against Midian, and through a miracle with only a small group of the most righteous people, they won. Rabbi Trump helped me with that one. Rabbi Przanski understands that going into battle with the word of Hashem in our mouth and swords in our hands, as verse 6 describes, which, by the way, is mentioned in Gemara Brachot in association with saying Shema at bedtime, but I'm not getting into that. Anyway, what's important, he says, is not the sword, but the words of exaltation of Hashem, confronting our enemies with our prayer and supplication. The sword is just a tool to defend ourselves. Furthermore, he says, in the name of Harav, that we don't glorify or look for war. We don't need it for our self-esteem. War is an unfortunate necessity, and it would be unethical to abstain from it. A war for Jews is a temporary state to achieve what we need stability-wise. And then we get back to Roma Mukail, praising of Hashem, and take that praise into battle with us when needed. Rabbi Daniel Friedman points out something that actually inspired me to paint a picture of my brother in his Israeli army uniform, holding his newborn in one hand and a sitter in the other, uh, adorned with his talis, a.k.a. prayer shawl, and tefillin, a.k.a. phylacteries. And Rabbi Friedman points out that the psalm as a whole refers to the nation of Israel as chassidim, a.k.a. those who have a close attachment to loving kindness, hinting at the fact that while we stand up for ourselves and fight if needed, we do so with our values remaining intact, 
with strict laws of conduct of engagement. It's interesting to note that while many commentaries see the phrase in verse 1, Kahal Chasidim, the congregation of Chasidim, as referring to the Jewish nation, Rav Hirsch says that Kahal Chasidim is not just referring to Jews, but also to non-Jews, all who are involved in piety and true recognition of God. Other commentaries point out the importance of the congregation that is doing the praising, and that it's not just us trying to praise Hashem with a new song alone, that there is something even more powerful when we do it together. Just a related side note, we had BBYO girl, teen girls from Finland over for Shabbos lunch, and my husband asked them if anyone attends synagogue regularly where they live, and they replied that the elder generation typically are the ones that go. We have started to become a society that is getting more accustomed, especially after COVID, to be more insular and not feel the need for that congregation, something that makes the future of our traditions hard not to consider, especially when we are reminded here of its importance. In any case, I feel like the author is coming from a place where he has seen the bad, but he is trying to focus and help us collectively focus on the good. That whatever bad juju you had going on in the past, use whatever beyond verbal thing you can. Take your pick of singing or dancing or all the other instruments mentioned in this psalm. Like we said, um, we mentioned previously, connecting non-verbally can help. And sing a new song to Hashem that is focused on whatever helps you have a meaningful relationship with Him. Why? Because as verse 4 says, Ki rotza Hashem ba'amo. Hashem wants, delights, favors, desires, takes pleasure in his nation. And he wants to have a relationship with us. So if we said that uh, last episode that praise wasn't necessarily what Hashem needs, I understand it's more for our needs, but why is this the means with which we are approaching Hashem, aside from the fact that Tehillim itself is a teacher for us to do so? I was listening to one of those social media reels by a therapist talking about the biggest parenting secret, aka water the flowers, not the weeds, build on the good, because it gives children the strength to work on their weaknesses. So how do we get rid of, in parental terms, lying, shouting, backtalk, or in terms, in our terms, negative behaviors that create negative relationships? Being consistently on the lookout for good behavior and giving it positive attention is the number one most powerful tool in shaping a child's behavior. Why? Because all behaviors are connected. They are like links in a chain. So if you pull the chain forward, they all move forward in the right direction. So if you tell your child, I love your handwriting, you've been working really hard on that and it's getting great. That is going to help them with their with not hitting their sister later on because when a child feels well, they behave well. You cannot isolate behavior. They are all connected. If a parent just learns how to do that well and to build on a child's strength and to call out what is best in them, then the study shows that 80% of misbehavior in a home disappears like magic, the therapist explains. Build and create good. You already know how to look for what's wrong. How can you build good? 
In this analogy, I recognize that Hashem would be the child whose behaviors are affected by our actions. And while sometimes this is true, I'll just quickly point out that there could be reasons we don't understand for his reactions. In any case, when we praise Hashem, we are teaching ourselves how to build and look for and praise the good so that we continue to build a relationship that is reinforcing positive, good, healthy behaviors on both sides and helps us to sing that new song even after setbacks. May we be able to sing new positive songs, learning how to build on the good that we see, even when it's songs we were not expecting to have to sing. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is in honor of my niece and daughter's upcoming bat mitzvah, and anyone celebrating become a woman of the tribe, getting it, it, you know, getting it in while I still have some episodes of Tehillim left. May you continue to grow in wisdom, kindness, curiosity, beauty inside and out, healthy body, mind, and soul, and always be able to sing new songs at every new stage that brings you closer in healthy relationships with others and Hashem. Also, may this be dedicated for the victims of the um, bus stop terrorist attack this week in Israel um, with the two young eight- and six-year-old brothers and the 20-year-old newlywed. Um, May their neshamot have an aliyah. May their family find comfort And may all those who are still um, in the hospital have a refuah shlema. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nursenisa1, N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes. Please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining.